paranormal investigators who delve into the depths of the famous and not-so-famous cases of Moida, ghosts, legends, and lore with a healthy dose of debunking. Debunking. It's important to debunk whenever possible. Which, you know, we try to never let you down without debunking anything. Because At least I don't. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> that is accurate. It's, it's going to become, you know, what's funny is that, again, I do believe in things. People don't believe me when I say that. <laughs> I genuinely believe in stuff. I just like the evidence. That's fine. I like the evidence, evidence. too. I love evidence. It's a good thing. And actually, I have to say, I don't think we talked about this previously. So speaking of evidence, did you know that there was this uh, ex-Israeli dude? Well, he's still Israeli, but I think he was in the government. He's still Israeli, but he was involved in the government and he talked about aliens being a thing and how oh, yeah, like the that. U.S. has information on it that they're not talking about and like Trump knows about it and all this stuff. My favorite part of that article, though, was that apparently the humans and the aliens are hanging out underground on Mars. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's so cool. It's like, you know, a party underground with new friends. With new friends. Um, I would like to be invited to said alien party. So uh, I please and thank you. I expect my invite in the mail. Yeah. Or they could just come and abduct you and take you. So if I you have, have like scotch or whiskey or scotch whiskey that I can bring that we can all partake in. I love that. That's what I have. Aliens, that's what I have to offer you. I have to offer you <laughs> booze. Booze. Um, and crackers. Booze and crackers. That's what I got. I'll bring the cheese. There you go. We got we'll a, party. Have a whole party. Yep. We got a party. There we go. 2021. Booze and crackers and cheese. Let's do it. Let's do this. But that's not what this episode is about. I just wanted to start no. the, start this off. Nothing to do with this episode. <laughs> no, but it's fun to talk about. Um, but it does relate, kind of, because aliens are things that people like to believe in, and something else that people like to believe in are curses. Am Do I they right? like to believe in curses? Like, have you conducted a poll? I have not conducted a poll personally, but based on research and history, people kind of dig them. And huh? it's mostly the, stu- the superstitious people, but people nonetheless. Am I right? So, sure. anyway, this episode's going to be about curses. Curses. <laughs> curses. 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 Specifically one, but throughout history, curses have been a thing for a variety of reasons. Superstitions reigned strong, especially back in the day when people didn't actually have science to prove things wrong, right? Oh, science, you crazy bitch. Right? Science and Kim BFFs. Totally. BFFs Don't tell that forever. to any of my science teachers because they raise ever. their eyebrows and be like, what? She just wants evidence. I do want evidence. So superstitions reign strong, right? And people constantly wanted to explain why awful things happened when they didn't have actual reasons why. And that's... That's fair. Yeah. It's part of the reason why curses came about. So... Yeah. When a cause of a death is misunderstood, curses could provide an explanation. Okay. For an imperial nation, for example, curses can betray the anxiety 
about being punished for colonizing and taking artifacts. For example, King Tut's Curse. I'm sure you know of King Tut's Curse. If you don't, I'll tell you a quick synopsis. There's other famous mummy curses, too, but... A lot of them were invented by Europeans and Americans while their countries removed priceless artifacts from Egypt after opening King Tut's tomb in 1923. And another one is the Curse of the Hope Diamond, which is also pretty famous. Mm -hmm. It's rumored to have been stolen from the statue of a Hindu goddess and brought bad luck to those who owned it. And it now resides at the Smithsonian. I actually saw it when I was like 17. Yeah, I saw it when I was like... 13 or 14, I think. Yeah, I remember visiting it, and I I totally thought it was the heart of the ocean from Titanic. <laughs> okay, even when I was 13 or 14, I knew that that wasn't the case. Sidebar, I had a huge obsession with Leonardo DiCaprio because of Titanic when I was 12 and 13, so that's why. Anyway. I got, when I went and saw that, my friends got mad at me because I kept chanting, sink the boat, sink the boat. Sink the boat. Well, you know what's funny is actually, you know how we talked about uh, Egyptian mummy curses? Apparently there's uh, a curse that people say is the reason that the Titanic sunk. Yeah. Which is another curse, which we won't get into, but just, you know, relevant. And the parallels with that novel, too. That's a, that's a, that's a whole other episode. Whole other episode. But it doesn't just apply to historical things like that. It also mm-hmm. applies to sports. So for sports fans, curses can help explain their favorite team's loss. Or for, just they suck. Or that they suck, yes. Or they and suck. Like, it might just be they suck. They just are not great, but you need a reason. It's not because they're not great. It's because there's a curse. Yeah, so, of course. That's, yeah. We can't just say it's because they suck. No. It's because of Billy the Goat curse on the Chicago Cubs. Do you know about this one? I think it's very funny. It's dumb. I'm like, oh, guys, guys. You know, maybe it's because I've been a Mariners fan. As a born and bred Seattleite, I'm a Mariners fan. And, like, our team is not good. It's fine. I love them anyway. But they're not good. And it's not because of a curse. They have other issues. And again, love them. Love them so much. But they're not very good. <laughs> at least not at least, at least you'll come to terms with the fact they're not good and you'll say it because you believe in evidence and science. Maybe. But other people believe in things like goats and curses that come with them. So there's actually, in 1945, there was a tavern owner named William Billy Goat Cianis. I think I'm pronouncing his last name properly. But he apparently... was was reportedly prevented from bringing his pet goat Murphy into Chicago's Wrigley Field to see the Cubs play the Detroit Tigers in the World Series. I just sidebar love that his nickname was Billy Goat and that he also had a goat named Murphy. So anyway, because of this, supposedly, Sienna's put a curse on the Cubs saying that they wouldn't win this or any other World Series ever again. And they didn't win any World Series until 2016. They didn't until they did. (laughs) Until they did, right? And the Cubs finally won the World Series for the first time ever in over a century. And the media went wild. They promoted the idea that the curse was broken. But I just am curious how. That makes no sense. Because, like, if if it was a conditional curse, sure, if you meet the conditions. But to just be like, the curse has been broken. No, because the nature of the curse means that it's a curse. It doesn't just break because you... Ah, 
No, that's fair. Gabby, it makes me mad. It makes me mad, Gabby. Kim, I'm just going to tell you now, you're going to be pissed during this episode. (laughs) I need to drink more, excuse me. (laughs) So then there's the poltergeist curse, which... I know you're a fan of and because it's bullshit. we've talked about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that's the thing is that some people say it's real and some people say it's, it's bullshit and that's the, the nature of curses. Except, uh, okay. Go ahead. Cause I, uh, well, be me saying bullshit it. a lot because it's, yes, <laughs> it's fine. That's the nature of a curse, but the, the poltergeist curse, in case you don't know what the poltergeist curse is for our listeners out there, There were actually four cast members who died in the six years between the first and third film. Yeah, but qualify that. Qualify that. Anyone could die anyway. Sure. Not just that. Like, it, it, that makes it sound like, I mean, one of the, one of the people that died was old. (laughs) That's fair. Which is why I was saying there's multiple different ways that people died. And, like, if you die of old age and you're old, that's normal. That's completely normal. (laughs) Sure. And that's where you could argue it's a coincidence that people died around the same time or it's a curse. But, you know. But, I mean, also, six years is not an unreasonable span of time. That's not – six months, sure. But – That's true. Six years is – I mean, at what point, I guess what I always have to, to say of some of this, like people think there's an exorcist curse and yet some of the people they point to as dying died like 20 years after the fact. And you're like, we all got to go sometime. <laughs> That's very true. We do all got to go sometime. But for poltergeist, they said that the curse was attributed to the real cadavers that were used as props. Except who knows? The, like, so yes, two of the people that died were young and one of them mm-hmm. was a tragic murder. From sure. her ex-boyfriend. So to me, that has more to do with just being a woman these days. Um, Touche. But but the little girl that died, she had a lifelong illness. Totally. So again, are we saying that the curse was like, I know someday you're going to do this movie, so I'm going to backtrack, give you this disease as a child, as a tiny, tiny child, diagnose, uh, it was Crohn's, I think, is what she had. So this is the point, though, is that... This is a good example. Here's your appetizer to an episode, y'all, is uh, of the debunking, is that there's lots of things with curses that can be very easily debunked, like this one. But I'm just giving you a few examples of some curses that exist. But so, let's, not, let's pick a different word than exist, because that makes them sound valid. I don't know what to say that curses, curses that are rumored to be in existence. Supposed curses. Alleged curses. Alleged curses. There you go. There we go. There's our word of the day, alleged. Allegedly. So if you're drinking right now and you hear us say the word alleged or allegedly, take a sip. I'm going to be dead by the end of this episode. And it'll be because I cursed you. <laughs> yep. The curse of the booze. The, the curse of the curse. So those are just some examples of some curses. And sometimes curses come about because someone just wants to make up a story and have something or someone to whom they can point a finger. Right? That's literally exactly what you were saying. Kim just gave me the middle finger. I didn't finger. specify which finger you would point, but clearly it's the middle one. Totally. So our episode today is about one particular curse. And this is the story of the curse of dead man's chair, a.k.a. the chair of death. 
AKA Busby's Stoop Chair. It's got so many good it's names. So many good names. So many good names. So fair warning. I should have maybe said this before I said all the other things. But fair warning, the root of all curse stories is literally word of mouth and it's storytelling. Mm-hmm. So knowing that, there generally are conflicting tellings of the original story because Last shocked people, face right now. This is Kim's right. shocked face. It's what Kim she looks not like shocked. when she's not shocked. Exactly. So just a heads up. I'll tell you when there are certain parts where, like, one person said this, but somebody else said that, because a lot of my sources said similar but slightly different things. So here's the story. Located near Sand Hutton in North Yorkshire, the Busby Stoop Inn is a public house with a tavern, and it's considered haunted, so not just a curse, but we also got a ghost, due to the presence of a particular chair of death that is kept in storage. Allegedly. Wait. Allegedly. I'm going to just oh. say allegedly so I can drink. So Perfect. allegedly. Go for it. Cheers. Cheers. So let me give, give you a little bit of a deeper rooted story. It begins with this guy. His name is Thomas Busby. And he actually was convicted in 1702 for the murder of his father-in-law, Daniel Audi. So let's talk about Busby. I'm going to call him Busby now. So his death has been popularly associated with a number of fatalities that occurred later in history, mostly associated with this chair of death. So Thomas was the original owner of what is now known as the Busby Stoop Inn, which is located in Kirby Whisk. It's a small village near the town of Thirsk in North Yorkshire. And in 1702, he had a meeting with his father-in-law. Daniel Audi, Audi, tomato, tomato, with whom he had uh, become partners with in petty crime. Now, that's one of those like details of was it actually petty crime or did they get into an argument about other things or like what was going on? So apparently, Audi and Busby were running a coin counterfeiting business as well as other criminal enterprises. And after a heated argument about the business, Busby returned to the pub to find Audie sitting in his favorite chair. Nobody sits in Busby's chair. Big mistake. Big mistake. You know how, like, you have that dad that has a favorite chair, and God forbid you sit in his chair. He's going to be pissed. That's that's the cat, basically, anytime I sit somewhere she wants to sit. It reminds me of Frasier's dad in Frasier. (laughs) He has that really (laughs) ugly chair. So I don't think he, he like got mad and killed anybody for it, but he was pissed when people sat in his chair. So Busby wasn't exactly considered, sidebar, the most sober person in the community, if you and know what I, I mean. I have that in common. I think he was worse, <gasps> to be what? honest. Way worse. Uh, he, his drunken reputation preceded him. I'll just say that. And as we know, alcohol does not generally lead to good decisions and doesn't mix well with heated arguments. Am I right? Also true. All right. True. All right. Glad we can agree. So according to the story, Busby's pissed, right? He's drunk. He's pissed. Audie sat in his chair. He tells him to leave. He says, get out of here. So mad. 
But Busby couldn't let it go. He was just like, you know what? I'm still so pissed. I got to go after Audie. So he later finds him at Danity Hall, mm-hmm. which apparently is where the police said that he murdered Audie with a hammer and hid the body Ooh. in the woods. Ooh. Now. Another source says that there is debate as to what actually caused him to kill Audie, but that Busby supposedly strangled Audie. So here's some like discrepancies. He got killed with a hammer. He got strangled. Either way, he did. He so did. supposedly he strangled him for sitting in said favorite chair after an argument about Busby's wife, who was Audie's daughter, and her name was Elizabeth. Okay. But hey, who knows? We don't know. This is just hearsay. So two words for you. Anger management. Killing someone doesn't solve problems. Lol. So Busby eventually is convicted for the murder, and he's sentenced to death in 1702. Of course, murder wasn't his fault, right? No. No, it's It's the chair's fault. It's always the chair's fault. The chair did it. So what does Busby do? He curses the chair and anyone who sits in it. So, in one variation of the story, Busby asked to stop by the pub on his way to his execution. That's how you know he's a real alcoholic. I mean, respect. I would do the same thing. I'm Fair. just saying. You don't have to be an alcoholic to stop at a pub. No, exactly. Um, That's just common sense. <laughs> if I'm going to be executed, you're damn right. I want my last drink. Yeah, and he actually desired a drink of ale specifically in his favorite chair. Like, that was his last request. I want to sit in my favorite chair and have a a glass of ale, and then I'm good to go, literally. Yeah, from the serve. For sure. So when he finished his drink, he said, quote, May sudden death come to anyone who dare sit in my chair, end quote. And friends, that... Is how a curse is born. Now, we have spirit fingers going on on the screen that this is an audio medium and it's not a visual medium. Mine were jazz hands, but close Jazz hands, spirit fingers, same diff. Um, But another variation of the story says that he was drunk in the chair when he was arrested and cursed it then. Eh. Semantics. Right? (laughs) Either way, he's drunk and it's cursed. So Busby was actually gibbeted at Sand Hutton Crossroads beside an inn. And that's how that inn actually got the name Busby Stoop Inn. So in case, I know Kim knows what gibbeted is, but in case our listeners don't know what gibbeting is, I'm going to give you a little bit of a history lesson. It's basically publicly displaying dead or dying criminals and they get hung up from a gallows type structure and the intention is to deter other or existing potential criminals from doing what they did so occasionally the gibbet was also used as a method of execution where the criminal is left to die of exposure thirst and or starvation and the term gibbet may also be used to refer to the practice of placing a criminal on display with an actual noun gibbet so it's also called hanging someone in chains so it's brutal it's the most brutal um and and there's we don't really have specifics as to how they did this to him but we just know it wasn't great we'll just say that it's not how you want to go definitely not how you want to go and also i just have to say this too i'm giving you the whole story background but later on we're gonna get to the the scullying 
So yes. don't you worry your little heart. We're going to yeah, get I there. And it's it's a whole section that says, for Kim. And yeah. it's it's coming. So, so special. You know, just for you, boo. Mm-hmm. So the site of the execution was opposite of the pub. And that is the space that's supposedly haunted by Busby's ghost. A lot of people have reported seeing a ghost of Thomas Busby at or near the hangman's gibbet with a noose around his neck. Here's what I ask for. Evidence. Evidence? Is it evidence? evidence. Yes, it's evidence. Evidence. Is it ASMR? Evidence. Yes, that's what you'll fall asleep to. Just put us on a loop and we'll just keep going. Evidence. Evidence. For, for only for our, for our patrons. For our patrons. We're going we're gonna to include some <laughs> ASMR. Oh my God, we totally should do that. Uh, it'll be like sleep meditation. We'll just keep saying evidence over and over and over again. And then clicking my fingers on things. And maybe it's a ghost. I don't know. Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> so, you know what happened to Thomas Busby, but what happened to the chair, you may ask? Hmm. So this chair, it remained in the pub for centuries. And people who dared sit in it, knowing of the curse... You know, who stuff happened, and people would dare each other to sit in it. I'm not gonna lie to you, Kim. If you and I were in a, a bar or something, and there's a cursed chair, I know that you wouldn't even get a drink first. No, you would just like <laughs> I'm that asshole. Straight shot right to the chair <laughs> and sit in it with that face of like I did it, and then you'd be like, "Where's my drink?" <laughs> and I'd have to buy you a drink, drink and I'd hand it to you, and you would drink it while sitting in the chair. Right? And yes, yes, I would. No, I like that. That that's not even a question. Yes, that is exactly what I would do. <laughs> I love that I know you so well that I know that that is to a T exactly how that would go down. Yep. So people did that. Mm-hmm. However, stuff happened. <laughs> So it was said that the cursed chair has apparently killed every single person who has actually sat in the chair. I'm going to call shenanigans on that, but okay. So instead of calling shenanigans, we're going to play a game. This game is called Curse Mm -hmm. or Ninny. (laughs) And was it a curse or was this person being an idiot? (laughs) You decide. It's a more polite way than saying curse or dumbass. I just wanted to be old-fashioned since it's like an old-fashioned story. So sure. that way it was, you know, on brand. But also tried to not be mean and say asshole or idiot. Or I'm mean. I'm going to say asshole. You. Well, Cursor Nenny, whatever you choose to say. <laughs> this is also for our listeners. Listeners, whatever you choose to decide, you do you. But you do you. if you choose curse, you got to take a sip of whatever beverage you're doing. I'm running low. <laughs> Well, good for you. You probably think they're all ninnies, so you'll be fine. So, curse or ninny? Uh-huh. In 1894, a chimney sweep who sat in the chair during a night at the pub was said to have been found the following morning hanging from a pole beside Busby's gibbet post or stoop. Curse or ninny? Um, if he tried to do his job after drinking, definitely a ninny. <laughs> Deal. All right, next one. Curse or ninny? So during World War II, Canadian airmen from a nearby base would hang at the pub constantly. Not like hang by a rope, but like hang out. (laughs) They would hang at the pub. Uh, And the chair became a quote-unquote hot seat. So surprisingly, or perhaps not so surprisingly, people noticed that the airmen who sat in the chair would never come back from war. But hey... (laughs) 
it's, it's called war. war. That's called war. That's what that is. That's not a curse. That's literally called war. That's literally just some people are bound to not come back, that's, right? That's the definition of war is that, oh my God. I Oh, Gabby. Gabby. <sighs> so, Ninny. Ninny. Okay. But no, so, that's not even people being dumbasses. They're going to war. That's true. I'll say that this one's the exception. We'll just say war is the example for that. Because that's also, that's that's assuming that then, okay, okay, these people with their curses, then it, that's not immediate death. That's death by something else. That's not death by supernatural means. That's me sitting in a chair with my drink and then being like, cool, I'm going to go live my life and I'm going to go to war. And then what happens when I go to war happens. That's not a curse. I would even say that people who choose to do something that's curse-like while going into war knows that they're probably going to die anyway, so why not? Like, sure. That's what I think of when I think of that. Sure. Yeah. Either way, I would say this is the exception, the asterisk of war and not curse or ninny. It's war. It's it's war. That's, that's, war. that's, That's the answer. War. Fair. Okay. In 1968... There was a new dude who came in. His name was Tony Earnshaw. He took over the inn, and he was not a superstitious man. We can call him Kim part, like, one. He's Kim before Kim. Marry me. Well, he he did. Um, But Earnshaw was not a superstitious man. He initially dismissed the Busby curse as nonsense. Your kind of guy. My kind of guy. Speaking and my the previous deaths associated with it were just coincidences, uh-huh. right? Especially Fair. since there's not one actual name. Sure. That's been and this given is, to us. This is also like the types of sources we get with this kind of stuff yeah. is not that legit. My third cousin's nephew's brother's next door neighbor's babysitter heard a story <laughs> about their ex-boss's wife's sister's dog. Did he sit in the chair? No, but he bit a dude that sit in the chair because of the curse. (laughs) He bit him because of the curse. The guy sat in the chair and then the dog bit him and then he died of dog bite. Dog Dog. bite fever, actually. (laughs) That's what's going to be on his uh, tombstone. Death by dog bite fever and curse. It's, It's a horrible, and not rabies, but dog bite fever. Awful way to go. DBF. DBF. So, you know, Earnshaw didn't think anything of this chair. He was like, whatever, it's a, it's a fucking chair. Yeah, that's uh, right. It's a fucking chair. <laughs> but then people started dying on his watch, and then he was like, hmm, I don't know. So, curse or ninny? In 1968, two Royal Air Force pilots sat in it while leaving the pub, and while driving home, they crashed into a tree and died. Gee, people driving home after a night at the pub. What could contribute to a car crash? Don't drink and drive, kids. Yeah, don't, don't drink, drink and drive, and kids. Drive. Also, so, also, could I have their names? No, because nobody's recorded them because this is fictitious. Well, we, we don't even know. That's the thing. So, all right, here's another one. Okay. Well, so that's a ninny, right? That's a ninny. Cool. That's a don't drink and drive. Come on. Fair. Don't be a ninny. Don't drink and drive. Cursor Ninny, a few years later, two bricklayers decided to try it. And that afternoon, the one who sat in it fell to his death. Was he working a job where he was high up after he went to the pub? 
Because he's a bricklayer, that's also possible. And so he was chances. a drunk bricklayer because he'd been at the pub. I feel like the true curse is alcoholism. <laughs> you know, you're not totally wrong. Let me give you more examples. Okay. So, curse or ninny, some instances include a roofer who sat in it and died after the roof that he was working on collapsed. Well, that's so, just shoddy craftsmanship. Maybe it's because he was drunk. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, curse or ninny, a cleaning woman stumbled into it while mopping. That bitch. You're, you're, you're going to hate it. You're going to hate this so much. It doesn't say when, but it says that later on she was killed by a brain tumor. Okay. 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 <laughs> Which again, A, do we have a name for her? No, we don't because it's BS. B, was it a brain tumor the next day? Okay, yeah, maybe that's a curse. Was it a brain tumor two decades later? Oh, no, that's called getting old. Don't get old, kids. Don't be alcoholics and don't get old. There you go. Life lessons. Done. And Kim just dropped her mic. Delph All it right. out. Delph it out. Except well, don't really. leave yet. I still have more for you. Okay. So one <laughs> local dude was told about a driver who had picked up an airman. So this airman was from a nearby base. He went to the Bisbee Stupin uh, because he actually needed to use the bathroom. So the driver pulls over, tells him to go into the Busby Stupin, use the restroom. So while waiting, the driver sat in the chair while he's waiting for this guy. Is there like a sign on the chair that's like, you know what, you should maybe not sit in this chair? I don't know, but there should be. Um, this was also a while ago, so... Yeah, that's there's right, because no there's no actual know. dates or names attached to any of these stories. It's just... Well, there's some dates. There's some dates. But yeah. for this one, I don't have a date. Mm -hmm. I just know it was, like, probably in the 70s-ish or, like, late 60s. So naturally, you know, driver's sitting there. He's waiting. Mm -hmm. He gets impatient. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean... This guy's taken a while. Maybe the airman fell in the toilet, it you know? Happens. He fell in. So because he's taking forever, the driver's like, dude, I'm not waiting anymore. I'm out. And he leaves. Yeah. So naturally, the airman is pissed when he comes out and he sees that his ride has ditched him. <laughs> and now he has to find his own way back to the base. Apparently, the driver was at the base when <laughs> the airman finally got there, finally okay. got back. So what does the airman do? Of course, he grabs a building brick and smashed the head of the driver, killing him. Curse or ninny? <laughs> that's, that's being an asshole. Like, that's... Like, ninny. You left me at the pub. I shall now kill you and ruin the, the rest of my life because I'm going to be arrested and charged with murder because I just murdered you. See, again, how can we attribute that to a curse? Somebody made a decision, a dumb decision, but a decision in their brain to say, I'm going to, I'm so angry, I'm going to pick up a brick and hit somebody with it. That's not a curse. That's rage, which is what I'm feeling right now. <laughs> I'm sorry to make you so it's upset. It's fine. But also, okay, okay, it was in the 70s. So you know what Kim's going to do while this is continuing? She's going to look up court cases <laughs> in this town in the 70s to see if this was ever an actual court case. I doubt it was because we don't have names, so it'll be hard to find. Exactly. Yep. That's fair. 
Um, so also, I mean, I gave you a heads up in the beginning. No, you don't you have did. a lot. Th- yes, I did. No, I said, that's why I said of- you did. You did. Oh, okay. I said, yeah, you did. No, you did. So, I mean, curses, man. <laughs> what can I say? So apparently people experienced odd things after sitting in the chair, but before dying. So it wasn't sure. just like. You sit in the chair and then you die. Like there was some weird shit. Mild going diarrhea. On. Maybe, but mm. it's not documented. I will tell you what they were feeling. It said that for some time prior to death, uh, the person who sat in the chair had haunting experiences, which is a variety of different things. It included extreme itching, paranoia. <laughs> How is that haunting? Well, hearing things, like hearing people talking to them. Yeah, but you're itching. That's allergies. Could be. That's or maybe, ivy. Maybe it's the wood from the chair that's making them itchy. Sure. Who knows? Confusion. There were items that were moved around and written warnings on mirrors and walls about the person's imminent death, in addition to many other strange happenings. So Thanks, they sir, it didn't happen. I really wish we had pics of that. That would be so fun. <laughs> But but again, none that are actually attributed to any specific case, just generally. So this is the Mulder section, just friendly reminder. Uh, this is I'm sorry that Kim keeps hammering on this, but she, it's fine. It's, we'll we'll give you your part. It's coming. Don't worry. So after all of the instances, after all this stuff happened, the owner is finally like, all right. Even if this chair isn't bad luck, I'm just going to put it in the basement. I'm not going to tempt anyone. I'm going to put it away so no one sits in it and we don't have these problems. Or at least they can't blame us or the chair for the problems Especially, that actually like, happen. in a pub, you put a chair out there and you say, hey, man, this is a cursed haunted chair. That's like catnip to drunk people. It's catnip to Kim without alcohol. With, with, but I mean, like, <laughs> let's put Kim aside. Kim and her, her, her tendencies aside. Like, I'm... A, a drunk asshole. I'm a drunk British person who sees a haunted chair, and this is suddenly the best idea in the world. Like, that's... <laughs> and then, ironically, they end up dying because they're being idiots because they're drunk. Well, yeah, yeah, there's that too. But, Touché. like, if, if... But, I mean, it's... No reasonable person... Like, it's a gimmick. It's a thing you would do to get people to come in to see your haunted chair and to sit in your haunted chair. Because that's, it's just, it's an attraction at that point. Like, it's, it's, it's Zach Baggins being like, let me touch the Annabelle doll. Like, <laughs> you know. But the owner put it away in the basement so no one could sit in it. Mm. So why would you put an attraction in the basement? Well, now you wouldn't, but um, you know what I mean. I know what you mean. But clearly, like, this guy actually thought some of it was legit. Otherwise, yeah. he wouldn't have put it in the basement. Yeah, he would have left it out to make more money off of it and get more people coming in, right? Like, so, all right, we got more for you. One more. Cursor Ninny. In 1978, mm-hmm. a delivery man was in the basement. <laughs> he sat in it. And an hour later, he crashed his truck and died. I have questions. Okay. Question the first. Why was the delivery man in the basement? Because he was delivering their supplies and they would store them in the basement. Question the second. Was he new? Did he not know the stories? I don't know. That's a good question. Question the third. He was working. Did he just say, before I go back on my route, I'm going to sit in this wooden chair because it looks fun? 
I mean, maybe haunted. he was tired and just wanted to sit down for a minute. But he's a delivery guy. He's going to be going back into a car, into a truck, where he will sit. Well, okay, so I'm going to scully everything you're saying just because this is what we do. Okay. But what if he had to, like, sit down to get stuff out of a box or something and the chair was there and it was just conveniently there? Like, we don't know context. Which I circle back to if he was a new delivery guy. It's possible. Sure. But then, I mean, again... People crash their cars every day. But and also give me a name. This girl I, demands I don't a name. Have one. Give me a name. Yep, sorry, don't have that. But because I can't tell without you. Without a single name, I call bullshit on every single one of these. As you are welcome to. So I just like to give you the story. So <laughs> after that death. You like seeing me riled up. <laughs> I, I mean it is it is a favorite pastime of mine. <laughs> So after that death, the landlord says, you know, I just can't take this anymore. I don't want this chair. And the, he asks the local Thirsk Museum to take it. So the Ooh. Thirsk Museum was uh, the museum in that area. Right. So, of course, museum, they go, I'm not just putting a chair down. Def- well, no, especially people will at keep sitting in it. They'll definitely sit in it, right? So they end up getting creative. To ensure that nobody sat in it again, they hung the chair five feet from the ground from the ceiling. <laughs> so nobody would sit in it. Okay, that was smart. Right? That was That's legit. So you would think naturally the chair's cursed killing days were over if it was hanging above ground, right? There's going to be some asshole who's still going to try to sit in it. Exactly. Because people are dumb. And guess what? And that chair is still sitting in that museum nice. to this day. Uh, it's still open and functioning as of December 2014, I think, but I think they're still open. I couldn't the get any more chair. recent information. But if you want to sit in it, Kim, maybe we could, when things open up and we can travel again, maybe that will be a destination place for us. <laughs> so now, finally, mm-hmm. it is your moment. It is time to scully. So... You already scullied all of the say. <laughs> all the cursed <laughs> things, but I'm going to go back further. Okay. We're going to scully the historical story that caused the curse because this is where the curse came from, right? Right. So thanks to our friend Cooper Harding, he actually is the Thirsk Museum's curator. Thanks to him, we can figure out what actually was factual and historical, and not just hearsay. Oh, he so, like my friend. Cooper Harding is going to be your friend, yes. He has found elements of the tale that are historical facts, so let's go through them. All right. So he says that while he has found no reference of Busby being married to Audie's daughter, mm-hmm. it's clear that the men were definitely criminals, and that the murder was definitely over the spoils of a gold-forging scheme at nearby Kirby Whisk. Okay. So that happened. That was real. So Harding said that as a penalty for coining, it it was death. And so it's likely that Busby was hanged for that and then sentenced at uh, York Assizes to be gibbeted for murdering his accomplice. So there were actually like two different things he was charged for. Um, But yay, technicalities, right? So we have that in historical records. But the Assizes records for 1702 haven't really stayed intact 
So the details of where and when Busby was hanged are unclear. So there's no contemporary documentary evidence of the murderer issuing a curse that has been unearthed. Alas, there is no hard evidence. 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 But after being hanged, Busby's corpse was dipped into tar to preserve it and placed in an iron frame. Then it was hung from a stoop near the scene of his crimes, which was off the old Great North Road crossroads between Thirsk and Ripon. Was he buried? Eventually, I think, but I don't have that information. Oh, wait, there's more. Oh, there's more. Hold on, there's more. I totally forgot about this section. So, in 1859, a historian named William Grange said, quote, The bones of the poor wretch who had committed murder were hung to fester in the sunshine and blow in the tempest until they fell piecemeal to earth and tradition yet tells tales of night wanderers being terrified when passing this dreadful spot. Nice. Watch out! <laughs> Falling flesh, it's gonna get you. Get you every time. So Grange said that there was no sign of the gibbet post, which the chimney sweep was supposedly found near in 1894. If you remember him, he said he was hanging from it. Right. And apparently this chimney sweep's death was actually found to be suicide. And oh. it completely debunks the curse as the cause of death. Oh. So there's a debunking moment for you with the curse, too. Uh, debunking. 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 So I know you'd love Harding. He's giving you all this great information. I do. Harding, call me, man. Give me your phone number. <laughs> Harding also said that there could be rational explanations for the other deaths, a.k.a. Harding, minis. you're speaking my language. <laughs> While the landlord, Mr. Earnshaw, who we talked about, he was the pub owner, mm -hmm. he had told the story so many times that he began to believe it. So now we have a person that not only initially was very skeptical of everything, but now right. has been like fully enthralled in it for so many years that mm -hmm. it's like when you tell the same lie over and over and over and over again, no, that it then becomes it. truth. Yeah. Yeah. So now he believes all the stories, but there's rational explanations for all of them, like <laughs> alcohol. Right. Uh, so after examining the chair, let's get into detail about this chair, right? Let's. So you're going to love this so much. I can't wait till I hear your response from this. <laughs> They got a furniture historian. His name was Dr. Adam Bowett, and he found that its spindles were machine-turned, which means it couldn't have been made in the 17th century. I was going to say, that means it's it's newer. Newer. I was going to say yeah. older, and then I was like, that's not the right word. It's newer. <laughs> well, 17th century chairs were made by a pole lathe. Yeah. So they were made differently. So this chair, they concluded that this chair was a caster-style chair. And it was made after 1840, which was then at least 138 years after Busby's death. Ha. So it wasn't even the chair. Ha. 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 Mic drop. Ha. Kim really likes that. I knew you'd like this. I do. This is validation. <laughs> so Harding says, quote, no doubt there was a particular chair in the pub the locals dared visitors to sit in, and it's a story that everybody wants to tell. It's a great example of a folktale that people add to. I'm not superstitious, 
but I wouldn't sit in it because if I did and was knocked down by a car, everyone would say it was down to the chair. <laughs> That's legit. That's fair. That's fair. So curses. Am I right? Curses. They never die. They-, <laughs> they never die. They never die. Oh, so Kim, dear. is it real? Is it fake? What is it? What do you think? I'm going to go with fake. <laughs> After after weighing the evidence and evidence. thinking carefully, because you know it was touch and go there for a while for me. I, I I was I was almost thinking it was true. That's a lie. I I, I can't even <laughs> pretend like I never thought for once that that was true. Uh, I I do feel validated though, knowing that there is actual evidence to call bullshit. <laughs> Isn't that nice? It's really nice. It's, it's real good. Honestly, it's, it's really interesting because I did some research into a few of the different curses, like ones that I, I discussed in the very beginning of the episode mm-hmm. and some other ones. And I was trying to decide what was the best one to talk about because I didn't want to talk about a curse that everybody knows about. That's yeah. something that's not, we've talked about this before. We, we don't right. want to do the episodes that other people have done. Yeah. What's the point? So I haven't actually heard anybody talk about this. This is one that I've never heard of. And so, and I also love the name. Yeah. Dead Man's Chair. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Um, but I was more excited about the fact that we got all of these debunking historical facts. <laughs> because A, I knew you'd love it. I do love B, it. I knew our listeners would love it. Mm-hmm. And C, I knew it would drive you crazy telling the first half. <laughs> did if, if i i know i'm a subtle person i know that uh it can sometimes be hard to tell what i'm feeling and thinking because i, I don't express them that often i don't express my feelings or my thoughts on a subject ever oh. uh, <laughs> i was ready to like stand up and walk away which i wouldn't have but <laughs> i'm glad you stuck through it I did. I, I I feel validated, though. I feel seen. I feel heard. <laughs> I good. see you. I hear you. You do. You get me. I get you. you so get ultimately, me. as we always do, listeners, we leave it up to you. You guys can decide what you really I'm, think. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm going to tell them what they should think. It's bullshit. <laughs> Kim will tell you what, what it is. <laughs> I will tell you if you would like to think otherwise. That's your prerogative. But having said that... This brings us to... Creepy Critics Corner! Creepy Critics Corner! Kim. Yeah. What you watching? So I, I've come off watching a bunch of stuff, and I'll, I'm not going to name all of them, but I, I recently recorded uh, with the lovely Jennifer Lovely at Don't Read the Latin, uh, my top 10 horror films for 2020. Oh, yes. I remember when you were telling me about all of the horror movies you were watching. And if you want the complete list, uh, you can go over to Don't Read the Latin, which is a fantabulous podcast. And if you're a horror fan, uh, I recommend you check it out and you can hear my full list. But one that was pretty high up on my list uh, is a movie called Impetigore. Oh, it is an Indonesian horror film. Uh, it was fantastic. It hit all of my buttons. You have cur- you have a curse. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Who knew? <laughs> Look at that. You have a curse. 
Um, you have a family curse. You have ghosts. You have an ominous setting. You've got some folk horror in there. Uh, the basic premise of it is that you have these these two friends, and one night Maya, um, she's attacked by a guy wielding. I mean, it looked like a machete to me, but it's it's actually a, a weapon called a gallic, which is a, a cutting tool. It's basically a fancy machete, and um, she finds a photo of herself as a child after this attack and kind of goes in search of her roots and and this house that's in there and brings her friend with her and kind of starts to to learn about her family history and this curse with her family and and some horrible horrible things that happened when she was when she was born Um, it's really phenomenal it's creepy it's got beautiful images um you've got really rich characters and again it's it's genuinely creepy and atmospheric which you know if i'm saying that uh, that means it actually is it means it actually is it 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 really stuck with me um don't let yourself be thrown by the fact that it is an indonesian horror film yes it is not in english it is worth a watch. Uh, you can currently stream it on Shutter. That's cool. where I watched it. But I, I highly recommend it. If you want to know the rest of my top 10 for 2020, go check out Don't Read the Latin. Sounds good. Yeah. Gabby, what you been nice. watching? Well, I actually... Um... I watched a couple things, but truly I haven't been watching that much stuff lately because I was doing research for this and other things and I've been very busy. But... I started a new show today that I think you will love. Okay. It's on Netflix okay. and it's called History of Swear Words. <laughs> and oh, is it, it is, is it hosted. Yes, it's yes. hosted by Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. And the first one is about the word fuck and it's nice. great. And it's so funny. And like Nick Cage is Nick Cage in like every episode. <laughs> and it's so good. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I'm pointing, y'all can't see this, but um, for Christmas, I was gifted by a dear friend of mine, a Nick Cage pillow. Uh, and it's just like a close-up of his face, and it's one of the secret ones. You can move it up and down, and um, I love Nick Cage. I think he's brilliant. It's also just literally an eye, two eyes, a nose, and a mouth. Like, there's no head on that pillow. Like, the pillow is the head. It's the greatest the thing. But yeah, I know you love Nick Cage. I, I know do. you love swear words. It's literally like Kim written all over it. I just Aww. was watching it. And the whole time I was like, I'm so excited to talk about this for Creepy Critics Corner because it's so great. And one of the best parts is that you get people that are very highly educated speaking to the history of swear words, but also why they're so great and fun. Um, and it's got a ton of comedians in it, too. So it's very funny. So highly recommend that. Also, I fully binged Bridgerton. I've been on a bit of a uh, period piece moment sure. lately. It's either 90 Day Fiance or period pieces. I don't know what it is. Sure. But Bridgerton was great. I thought it was well done. Uh, it's got some very sexy scenes that I was not prepared for. It's Shonda Rhimes. And it's Shonda Rhimes being given permission to, I mean, because it's not network television, so she can show, like, boobs and butts and swears and all that jazz there's lots of that in one particular episode and it's funny because i almost recommended it to my mom (laughs) 
And then I was like, mm, she can figure it out on her own. Uh, <laughs> but uh, other than that, I haven't really watched much. I actually am looking forward to, don't kill me for saying this, but I'm looking forward to watching the Ghost Adventures Cecil investigation oh just because, first of all, shit talking. Second yeah, of yeah, all, yeah. They go inside the Cecil recently, and no one's True. really been in there recently, and True. I'm really curious to see what it looks like inside. And for those yeah. of you that don't know what I'm talking about, we have an old episode. If you haven't listened to it, go check it out. It's the dark history or the dark tales of the Cecil Hotel, um, and that's where Elisa Lamb's body was found. Uh, my friend Matt is on that episode with us where he actually talks about going to the Cecil and his experience there when the case was open. It's really interesting. Um, so if you want a bit of a history lesson before that is out or before you watch that, listen to that episode. So Creepy Critics Corner is talking about our podcast. <laughs> We're subtle. But having said that, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this more fun episode that was, you know, a little <laughs> bit of a wrench thrown in the mix. Kim just ranting. <laughs> it's a good time. But, you know, I think a lot of people sympathize with that, and that's what makes it so enjoyable. It's good that my rants are not falling on deaf ears. <laughs> no, they're not. Not at all. So if you haven't checked out our Patreon, if you're not a Patreon yet, go over to patreon.com, uh, look up Ghoulish Tendencies podcast, and join. <laughs> we'll have some ASMR of us saying, evidence, evidence, evidence. I'll figure that out later. But uh, there's some fun stuff on there, extra recordings, extra music, extra content, um, and some fun things in the mail from time to time. We also have an Instagram. It is Ghoulish Tendencies Podcast. We like to post some fun stuff and memes and all kinds of good stuff on there. <laughs> we also have a Twitter. It is Ghoulish Podcast. And we also have our website. It is ghoulishtendencies.com. All of our episodes are on there. All of our show notes are on there. Mm -hmm. Every single piece of social media is on there, including our Facebook page, which is Ghoulish Tendencies Podcast. I've had a handful of people just in the past week being reaching out to me, being like, hey, I found your podcast. I really like it. It's awesome. And that has meant so much. I appreciate every person that reaches out to me. And my, my follow-up to that is uh, going on Apple podcasts or anywhere that allows a rating and, and rating us and giving even if it's just a line or two of a nice review, it does make a difference. It totally does. It really does. And so if you are genuinely enjoying our podcast, especially if you're saying to yourself, I can't afford to help as a patron, but I really love these chicks and I love this podcast take five minutes and, and leave us a review. Not only does it make our day to see, and it does, uh, it, it really helps bring a little bit more exposure to the podcast. Absolutely. What she said. <laughs> that is. <laughs> yep. And having said that, thank you for listening and...